Hey, and welcome back to another edition of Sermon q and I'm Vicki Basinger, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Craig and Pastor Michael, and we're going through some questions that came out of the sermon series that we're preaching in the Golden Calf, and this one was from the week of July 18th, 2021. So today we are asking the question, how do I know for certain that God's presence is with me? And we mm-hmm. talked about two distinct kind of sides to this presence. So Craig, I'm going to give you the first one, and then we'll talk to Michael about the second one. All right. How can I know God's presence is with me? Mm-hmm. Bottom line, mm-hmm. because he says it is. Mm. Um, if you're a believer, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. You have the presence of God. He'll never take his presence away from you. Um, you can go to the height. You can go to the depth. Mm. Um, you can depths of the sea. You can go. The, the psalmist wrote it pretty well for us mm. to see. Where shall I escape from your presence? Mm. Um, there's no escaping it. If you belong to the Lord, he is with you always. Now, the question is, do we feel like he is? Mm. And that's sometimes it doesn't feel like he is. Mm. We go through tribulation or trials or, or tests, uh, all those T's. Mm. Yeah. Um, then you you may feel like God's presence is not there. And it's at those times that I would say you've got to run to Scripture. Mm-hmm. And Scripture has been preserved for us for a reason. And one of those reasons is because we can easily get off track mm when we follow our emotions, when we listen to our feelings. Mm. Um, I may not feel like I'm loved, but there's plenty of people in the world that love me. I may not feel things at times, but it doesn't mean that they're not true. So what you need is a good dose of truth. Mm. And in scripture, God simply says constantly that he will never leave us, he'll never forsake us. Mm. And uh, there's one passage that I wanna read for you in Romans 8. This is uh, one of my favorite that I would go to if somebody were to ask me, Craig, I just don't, I don't feel like God is with me. I, I, how do I know that he's with me through all these things? That, or, or maybe I've failed to the point where uh, he's finally mm. deserted me. Uh, all of those things are nonsense, not true. Um, and you can start with the Psalms because mm. uh, those Psalms clearly indicate all kinds of different activities that uh, the writer says, I don't feel like God is with me, but mm. ultimately he is. But for us, I would run to Romans 8. In the New Testament, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we've been killed all the day all day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. In other words, our sometimes our lives are falling apart. I don't feel like God is with me. Mm. And then he says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. I love that through him who loved us. For I'm sure of this, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us Mm. from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mm. In other words, we may feel like all of these different circumstances are pulling us out of God's presence. But in actuality, we may be, and we may have the ability to feel closer to God than we ever have before because of those circumstances. Mm -hmm. And the difference is you just run to scripture and remind yourself of what God actually Mm -hmm. promises. Mm -hmm. Yep, amen. So there's a second side that we talked about. So I love what you said. Uh, God's presence is always with you despite your emotions, Mm -hmm. despite what you feel, despite the circumstances. There's another phrase that I think it's a throwback to the Old Testament. And I would summarize this as the favor of God, particularly like in some charismatic circles. I'll hear people say, oh, the favor of God or the presence of God is is on somebody. And and it goes back to really the Old Testament when the whole, when the spirit didn't dwell in the people, but would actually reside on someone to empower them for a, a season or a circumstance. Mm-hmm. Samson would be the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so God's spirit, people would look on Samson and and they would be able to see by 
the fruit, if you will, that the, I was like, the dead bodies, the dead bodies. I was like, yeah, there's dead bodies everywhere. God's with him. But they would say like, God's like, God's with him because he keeps winning. He has this unbelievable mm-hmm. power, the favor of God. So it's, it's seasonal, it's situational and Kings got this. And, and it was just this like, wow, God is uniquely with that person. And so from the outside, people would look in on that and say, oh, the presence of God is mm-hmm. there. Uh, we have Elijah, which I think we referenced this in the last sermon Q&A in the sermon, where Elijah did really big things for God. Then he got away from that. Like everybody's looking at him and saying, oh, the favor of God, the presence of God's on him. But then he leaves and he's emotionally destitute. Mm-hmm. And he's he doesn't feel like it, although everybody else is looking at him and saying that. So now we we fast forward to like today and we look at guys like Billy Graham. Um, was the favor of God uniquely on him? Well, when that dude would preach, people in droves would mm-hmm. come to trust in Christ. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there were false conversions, but there were doggone it, a lot of mm-hmm. real conversions. Mm-hmm. And um, you have different preachers, different people, different missionaries. And it seems that God bears a unique amount of fruit through them. I have an issue. I have an issue with identifying the favor of God with fruit. Mm. I have big issues with it. Um, because often God bears fruit through disobedient people mm. who are rebellious. It, it's our, it's almost like our old Testament default. We're just taking these concepts and importing them that if God's working through somebody, then privately they're really obedient. And we have learned well enough that that's actually not the case. Mm-hmm. The Lord f- fruit is done in such a way that when all this is said and done, God is going to get all the credit and the fruit is going to be born despite the insecurities, weaknesses, frailties, disobedience mm-hmm. of the person. Our problem is that we often assign fruit to faithfulness, and that is just not always the case. In fact, often it's not the case. Um, But I I would say, I would look at somebody and say, okay, maybe, Craig, let's pick an area of ministry you want to see more fruit, right? Because somebody else has more fruit. Well, that has no bearing on God's favor. In fact, God might be asking you to be very faithful for a season, or Vicky, you're doing something, and God's like, you want it to bear fruit more quickly, but but. God is just saying, no, be faithful for this season. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm withholding fruit from you because I'm doing something bigger than the fruit, mm-hmm. right? And God's favor is for you because you're obedient, mm-hmm. not because you're fruitful. Sometimes though, fruit is the sign of obedience, but sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's a scary thing here, which is uh, I would just go back to Craig's statements earlier, which were, Basically, if you've trusted in Christ, God's presence is with you, period. No matter what you feel, no matter what circumstance you're in, no matter whether it's big fruit, little fruit, no matter whether you're killed or persecuted or celebrated, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. If you've trusted in Christ, you can know for certain that God's presence is with you. So lots there, but yeah, some of the greatest, uh, the greatest examples we have of Mm -hmm. God's faithfulness, God's presence in people. Yeah are, uh, I believe, in the background. I mean, mm. I think I'm going to get to heaven and I'm going to find out there's a whole lot of people that were made Boom. way yeah. faithful, more faithful than I was, yep. but they were just quietly faithful. The presence yeah. of mm-hmm. God was in what they did. They affected mm-hmm. one single life and another single yep. life. And God used those ripple effects to change the world. And yep. we don't know that right now, Dude, but what we if, trust God to do it. What if Billy Graham bore spiritual fruit, not because of his preaching, because of some little old lady who prayed yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. What if she was the actual power yeah. and on earth he gets the credit, but in heaven she gets the right. rewards. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we just, we, we just look at, at who's out front yep. and then we assign presence to that. I yep. just, 
Faith, that's that be faithful, be faithful, and trust that God's word is true. God's mm-hmm. pro- promise is true. Yep. And the last verse of Matthew reminds us of this mm-hmm. truth. And I think you actually have said this uh, earlier in one of our, our preaching preps, but I love it where, where Jesus ends with, he says, uh, go into all the world, preach mm-hmm. the gospel, baptize, you know, mm-hmm. make, make disciples, do all of these things. But he finishes with, and I am with yeah. you always mm-hmm. to the end of the age. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a comforting thought yep. that I think changes our lives in more ways than we care to admit. Just yeah. the fact that we know wherever we, we go, wh- whatever yeah. we do, God is with us. Yep. Yeah. I, one of my favorite things about that verse is every time God says this in the Old Testament, almost every time without question, he has just asked them to do something impossible mm-hmm. that could likely lead to their death. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, I'm with you, but it's the most oft repeated promise in scripture yeah. period, yeah. because God is constantly asking his people to do really terrible things that are very hard <laughs> and bringing the gospel for those 12. I mean, all of them, I mean, Judas, he did his thing, whatever, mm-hmm. but of the 11 that were left, all of them were killed um, or John was the one they tried to kill him, but couldn't mm-hmm. all of them were killed. And, and literally Jesus was asking them to put their life on the line to bring the gospels to the yep. ends of the earth. And the, the power of God in the presence of God yeah. in their lives, the power of God created churches that are on every corner today, totally mm-hmm. yep. across hey, the globe. Hey, Joshua, go into the promised land. I'll be with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh my so goodness. Funny. Well, amen. I'm you know just so grateful for the presence of God that we mm-hmm. can't be separated from that. And I mm-hmm. uh, would definitely point people back to that passage in Romans 8 if you are looking for an uplifting yeah. uh, piece of scripture. Mm-hmm. So thanks for tuning in this time. We hope to see you back next time on Sermon Q&A.